I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by Isle of Man TT3 Ride on the Edge. The game is available on Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, and Steam. Now, you're never going to catch me riding the Isle of Man TT, although I cannot stop playing this game. If you would like to do the same, go check out the link in the description below. Now, kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Obviously, I wanted to win at them all just to kind of prove to myself that I was good at everything. Yeah. And I rolled down to about 100, and I looked, I looked behind me, and the visor on this thing had, had flipped all the way up, all the way open. And <laughs> Uh, Kawasaki UK signed me for 2000 to ride a superbike. That's how it kind of all kicked off, really. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was like qualified 22nd. I was on the phone to him. mate. He's like, oh, I might be on telly on Sunday. <laughs> Toddington says on the M1, did a straight swap for the, with the so car and the bike. Funny, isn't I it? rode off and he drove off. He said, You broke your neck. I said, What? <laughs> he said, You broke your neck. And then every time I got on a bike, I broke a bone. Mashed myself to pieces and, and won some races and broke all my ribs, uh, broke my arm in two places um, and some other bits and bobs, bit of nerve damage as well, yeah. And I got criticised quite heavily when I said I was going to the TT. Ne- never mind all that, when are you going to come and do the TT? Not doing TT, mate. <laughs> yeah. Boom, right. Danny back. What a ride, is it? Hello and welcome to Pushing the Limit podcast. Today I am blessed with having my team manager here, so I've got to be careful actually. I can't say too much because you could potentially get me sacked. Blessed? Yeah. <laughs> blessed. Is that my camera, that one? <laughs> They're all your camera. <laughs> yeah, but we're here, mate, aren't we? Donington Park. Obviously, you nowadays, I want to talk about your, your past life. Uh, obviously, right now we're sat at Donington, team manager. Finish up in the northwest. How's the, it been? The, the governor. Yeah, the, you are the governor now, aren't you? Hey, mate, you listen. Bad before, jobs. before we start, I've just got a bit of aggro. Obviously, oh, I'm 18th on the list. What's all that about? No, no, because basically, I started with the worst first. So I've tried oh, to start with. What? A, I've can, started with Jake Dixon I first. I can hear you grinding reverse. <laughs> yeah. Jake who? Yeah, no. But actually, what I'm doing <laughs> is I'm just working through my contact <laughs> list. <laughs> who I know. <laughs> but yeah, we're here. So Donington Park team manager and. So Northwest, we'll talk about the Northwest because it's just happened. TT coming up. It's a obviously you used to race it yourself. Won a few races, didn't you, around there? You've done a little bit more. Done a bit more winning than I have actually. 
Oh, mate, cuss out. I think I won. How many Superbike races did you win, though, BSB? Oh, mate, I don't it know. It weren't that many, was it? I don't it? know. I think you could count them no, on one I hand. No, I had... Uh... I won. I've won on super bikes at all sorts, but yeah. uh, BSB wise, I didn't win that many races. But I didn't really race BSB in strong teams that long because I was I spent half my life injured, and we'll go into that. But kind of a load of, load of aggro and flipping. Uh, yeah, I had some good rides, but I spent some time smashed myself to pieces and and won some races and. Um, you know, like I rode for Honda on the SP2, which is a fabulous bit of kit. Didn't work very well on Dunlops to begin with, but. I managed to get used to the V-twin after a while and get used to it on, on the Dunlops and started winning. But yeah, so rode, rode for Rob Mack on the Virgin Bikes, rode for Kawasaki. I rode quite a few different superbikes. Stood in for uh, on the Crescent Suzuki a little bit as well. Uh, so I've ridden quite, and quite a few privateer teams, so I rode along for a lot of stuff. But I was always flat out racing. You did a lot of racing, didn't you? World Endurance yeah, Four say, Seasons, yeah. Yeah. British Championships, uh, and some of the roads as well. So it's kind of always flat out seasons, yeah. And was it always mixed? Because obviously now we've got Pirelli as a tyre, one makes tyre. So would you have gone, like you said, the Dunlops at the Honda? Would you have then gone to the Worlds, the endurance racing and road on Dunlops there, or would there have been Bridgestones or Pirellis or? Like what I'm saying is, was you always on that one tyre? Yeah, always... when, I, when I was coming through, you got to understand that, you know, when I started, 750s were the fat, factory superbikes, uh, yes. were, were, were 750s. So, and they were proper factory bikes then, uh, hand-built chassis and so on. And, you know, um, and fully adjustable. So you kind of learn your trade in a big way once you got onto the superbike scene. I came through the uh, Supersport ranks. So, um, you know, I, didn't, I hadn't won the British... Super sport. No, I hadn't when I when I left and got on a superbike. It's funny actually because I finished nineteen ninety eight. I was riding for Honda for Sanyo Honda. I finished uh, equal on points with a guy called John Crawford riding the Crescent Suzuki. Good kid. He was my nemesis. To be I honest. know his name. The Cro- I know <laughs> good, his name, good yeah. lad. Real, yeah. real good lad and um, bloody fast rider. But um, nineteen ninety eight, I led most of the championship. I smashed myself to pieces in a car accident. Actually, cartwheeled me under me VTEC VTI under. Uh, and smashed myself up and uh, I lost out of the circuit away from the circuit yeah I lost a week of my life just flipping uh, memory loss and just yeah uh, but come and I rode the following weekend on the Supersport and had to lift me on the bike and the Shit. first thing the only thing I can remember from that meeting is coming out the last corner on the last lap of the race it's mad isn't it that's mad you'd never do it now no. and rightly so yeah it's mental you know but uh, so anyway so I never won a British Supersport but I at the end of 99, I had two years with Sanyo on the 98 second and 99 was second. Um, I'd been doing some, I'd been riding some world endurance, just bits and bobs for privateer teams. And um, Chris Walker was still fighting for the uh, British Superbike Championship on the Kawasaki. Um, and he didn't want to, he was contracted to do uh, the Boulder. He'd done Le Mans at the beginning of the year. But he was still fighting for the BSB, so he didn't want to go and fulfil his contract at the Baldor 24-hour at Paul Ricard. And his teammate was supposed to go and ride Matt Llewellyn, but Matt broke his wrist at Cabwell Park on the superbike. So Stalker put my name forward because he knew what to ride a superbike. So anyway, cut long story short, I went off to Paul Ricard to do a test and I had to test against... There was two teams that year. His lot was in one of the teams um, and the other... Factory Kawasaki team was uh, a guy called Sebastian Scanato, a Finnish lad, I can't remember his name. And then there was one spare rider. So it was against me and Rutter. Rutter was riding on the 500 V twin in Grand Prix that year. And this is just at the test as well, this was. Yeah, yeah. but Rutter was riding crap and lost his confidence. And anyway, he went to the test and uh, I rode really well. 
at the test and uh, gelled with a bike and gelled with everything and, and I got the ride. So went back to the meeting two weeks later, <clears throat> excuse me, to the Baldor and I obliterated the lap record and um, we should have won it really, but everybody says that in endurance, but we finished third. Such after, a roller coaster, after, isn't oh, it? Oh, mate, it's mental. Like you're winning, then you crash, your bike breaks, then they break down. Then we were, they we were the fastest this. team. Yeah, you just, know, Terry yeah. was there. Terry won a title at that meeting. Yeah. Uh, they won the race. But uh, there's a load of oil spill um, around the back end of the of the of a lap on one of laps, yeah. and uh, everybody crashed on it apart from Terry's team, and Suzuki team. So, um, fair play, then, and they won the championship fair and square. Terry was awesome; he's kind of my hero at uh, at uh, World Endurance. But um, yeah, so that all of a sudden, all the British teams thought, "Bloody hell, he can ride a superbike!" So then the door started to open uh, with offers for superbikes, and then, funnily enough, uh, Kawasaki UK signed me for two thousand to ride a superbike. That's how it kind of all kicked off, really. Yeah, that's mad. So much luck is involved what we do because obviously, like you said, the Terry's how is the Terry's team like fighting for that world championship? Miss the oil. It's like some years with this game, like you'd have experienced it through your career. Like you could literally. Like walk across the M25 blindfolded and nothing will hit you. But it, like <laughs> equally, you could walk out your front door and get smashed into it by the milkman, couldn't you? Like, oh mate, I so... went, I went for years without even breaking the bone. And then you, I and then was it all comes. invincible. Yeah, I and might not I, get on the bike now. And then every time I got on a bike, I broke a bone. <laughs> but it is like that, isn't it? Yeah, and you had some yeah. bad injuries, didn't you? I mean, I, yeah. I read up obviously about the Northwest. You hurt yourself quite bad there. Was that your arm? Was it or your leg? Uh, broke my neck, broke all my ribs, uh, broke my arm in two places, um, and some other bits and bobs, bit of nerve damage as well. Yeah. Uh, Circle, it's normal, isn't it? It it's didn't like, yeah. really. Um, I'll be back too long. Well, in fact, I didn't find out. Find out I broke. I, they took me to Coleraine Hospital, plated my arm up, and sorted me out, and um, and they transferred me to Derry. Um, and they said, right, we want to scan you, uh, but we can't do it until we're going to do it early next week. And I said, no, you ain't. I'm not going home. I said, I'm not hanging around. So I'll go and I'll go and get private. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. It's the way forward. Which, which was, uh, I just didn't want to wait. You no, know, exactly. you, you know it's like a you rider. To you want to be yeah. fit tomorrow. Yeah. That's so, the first um, question is, isn't it? When can I, ra- like, how am I fit enough to race in five weeks, four weeks, three weeks? I jumped in yeah. the me, me, uh, American Motorhome and drove that home, got home, went to see me specialist on Monday morning. My local guy that I normally in American use. Motorhome. Yeah. You drive it out. And uh, <laughs> I goes in and Mr. Gailey's name is South African fellow. It was like Father Christmas. Great bloke. And he said, he said, right. He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to scan you and uh, I'm operating all day. He's an orthopedic surgeon. And he said, um, it was, he said, there's probably nothing wrong. And he said, I'll just flip him. Put, they'll put you in a collar and, and somebody else will look at the scan and, and uh, go off you go to the TT just to watch yeah. and flip and enjoy it. And I'll see you when you get back. So, all right. So he scanned me, and I shot down, this is in Lincoln, I shot down into town to get a new TV screen for the motorhome to, to go over to the TT. And the phone rang, and it's Mr. Gale. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm in Comet, just getting a new TV screen. He says, uh, get yourself back up here now. Anyway, so I jumped up, jumped in the motor, went back up to the hospital. And he got me scanned up on the wall. I mean, I can hear, so you're looking at it, and you've been there, and I'm looking, it's like looking at your missus' yeah, you're pregnancy like, scan. You're yeah, like, all right, yeah. Yeah, it looks broken, yeah. What's that then? <laughs> he said, you broke your neck. I said, what? He said, you broke your neck. He said, not only you broke it, you've broken C6. And he said, it's it slid across the top and the bottom half and it's out rocking like that. He said, I can't believe you can still walk. And um, I said, all right. I said, uh, what does that mean then? He says, it means get in bed now. Shut I said, I'll up. just go to my car and get me. He says, no, you don't understand. Lay down now. Yeah. So that was that. Yeah. And then, and then uh, I had a load of operations and stuff. On and the then, back? On yeah. your back there? On your neck then? 
Yeah, I, I uh, well, no, they sedated me and stuff, and then I had to get because it's bank holiday weekend. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the fact that you've just gone down to Comet, like you're nipping around like normal. Hey, I've, yeah, been right, yeah. I've been to Cabal, I've been to Cabal the day before with my dad in the car, just flipping, walking around That's and watching mad, some racing. It? It's mental, yeah. I had that with my when I broke my back, I yeah. genuinely got checked out of two hospitals. Fine, this was not this time, this was in 2012. Got went out, got a massage the next day, had all my legs done, said, Watch the back because I'm a bit tender, like I've, I'm a bit sore. Laying on the sofa, I get a phone call. Hello, this is doctor. I said, no, nah, no, nah, who is this? Like, shut up. I thought it was one of my mates winding me up. So I've gone, he's gone, no, 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 it's, it's doctor. So I can't remember his name, doctor so-and-so. You need to come back. You, you might have to be operated on. I said, bollocks, I'm not being operated on. I said, who is it? And he's like, no, 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 it's me. And I'm like, all right, are you, are, oh, this is serious, isn't it? And he went, yeah. I was like, all right. So I said, mum, you've got to take me back up the hospital and uh, went up there. Stayed in overnight. It was stable, so no, no, no surgery. But yeah, mate, it's like, how can they miss that? Like, obviously, it's different for you because you had a private consultant and they give you the answer. Yeah, away, yeah. Well, but... I got the answer straight away, and then uh, they, they did the operation. But I've been, you know, weird it's for like, you, though, you get, to be you get, you get and... paranoid about. I mean, I was in oh, a lot of pain. Yeah, but you get paranoid about. It. I've been doing press ups and sit ups and stuff at home, and just because you're paranoid about training and losing yeah. muscle. And anyway, so that's mad. They did a load of operations. I've got two 25 mil plates in the front, a rod down each side between five, six, and seven, and stuff. And then uh, I went to see him <clears throat> uh, four weeks later, and, and um, he said, Oh, it's made. He said, It looks mega. It looks so good. And I could look down both lines of my shoulder as well up. And I said, Oh, good. He said, um, I said, When can I race then? He said, You what? I said, When can I race? Yes. And he says, Well, I don't know. We haven't really spoke about that. And he <laughs> thinks I'm mental anyway. And he said, um, I don't know. He said, what do you think? I said, well, there's a race at Cabo next week. And he went, what? Anyway, yeah. So, so I did it. Yeah, we, no, we spoke about that medicine, six, didn't six we? Weeks a little while ago. But, but it was all stable. That's not being yeah. smart. It was stable and, and they've done a great job. But it's just the way it is. Yeah, and is that your persona, mm-hmm. do you think, as well? Are you like, because... Obviously, you, like you said, your dad's a bit of a tough, like, tough old, old boy, isn't he? And like, yeah, I mean, I've got, that, like, I've got a high pain threshold, but that was... <clears throat> do you know what? I was, it was almost... I was going to say it was the most pain I've had, but the most pain I've ever had is kidney stone. Oh, weird, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. is weird, yeah. I've not I mean, reached yeah, that age like, you, know, <laughs> you know when you're broken bones and stuff, yeah. you, you know the feeling to a certain degree. And you know that once it's set, it's fine, it's yeah, going yeah. to pain. Yeah. And then you kind of blank it out and mm. crack on. But like with the kidney stone, you can, it was here, Donington Park, and it was 2003, I was fighting for second in the championship on the SP2. And um, got morning warm-up, got off the bike, and I just felt, horrible and in, in a load of pain and i went to and they thought it might have been grumbling appendix so i went to the medical center come back and it got worse and worse and i ended up laying <clears> on the motor home and couldn't move so the medics come down and they wax some morphine i mean that was it game over took me to queens at nottingham and they said oh you got a flipping um <clears throat> they said oh you got a uh kidney stone i said all right great so what does that mean they said oh just go away and try and pass it i said what I said, I'm, sorry, yeah. so I'm racing next weekend. Yeah. Anyway, so I said, right. So I straight on the phone to me, specialist yeah. again. And um, next morning I was in Lincoln and and uh, to get it out. And then they, they, they knocked me out and took me down and, and stuff. And Cut I, you open? I remember, no. They they went down the end of my old man with a, you know, the big grabs you see on the back Dear of the thing. Dear little thing. Big hydraulic They had a little, really they, they little put, thing they put through one the end, end of it. down the end of my old man all the way down, went down through me, uh, into me Eureka. Yeah. All the way down. Getting the magnifying glass. I've still got it home, it's massive. It's like the size of your crash helmet. <laughs> but they managed to get yeah. it out. Yeah. But no, seriously. Anyway, I woke up and I was like. Leave the swelling, love. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, it's uh, ceiling tiles. I thought, bloody hell. 
And they said, anyway, I sat up and there was two nurses just going out of the room. I said, hey, and you done it? I said, I can't feel anything. Yeah. They said, said, you silly sod, you still got flipping anaesthetic in you. Oh. I said, is it out? I was just covered in iodine. Yeah. And they said, um, I said, is it out? They went, yeah, it's all out. It's in that little jar next to your bed. Anyway, so uh, and I, was like, I said, what are you laughing at? They said, it's the only time you bastards get near anywhere near childbirth for pain. Oh, is it? Is that what they said? Yeah. yeah, that's mad, isn't it? Because that yeah, is something. Yeah. So any of our mates now, that yeah. misses are pregnant. I say oh, it's nothing compared to a kidney stone. Yeah, that is funny actually, isn't it? Because <laughs> people say that. Yeah. Like obviously, like men don't. And like, mate, you know, it's like yeah. anything you've ever injured, you can just kind of ease it, put it, put it up, whether whether it's arm, oh, shoulder, Co- or yeah. do something, just to ease it a little bit. Kidney stone zero. It's just full on. 200% pain and you can't do anything that's to ease mad, it. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah there's literally yeah. nothing you can do. You can't do anything. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. I've not... I it's had cr- something similar like that before and it was really, really painful And you like cannot that. believe how small it is. It's tiny. Yeah. yeah. It's, see that little white dot there? Yeah. It's about... Yeah, see, I think kidney stone, like, like, you think big, didn't you? Like, yeah. oh, it's big yeah. in there, like... That causes a lot of pain. So that's what you're saying. Kidney stones then, that's the one. Probably the most painful yeah. I've ever had, yeah. And it's funny, because if you broke like 30, 40 bones in your career racing bikes, oh, mate, flipping like yeah. you break your neck, you break your I broke my neck twice. Break your arms, and it's yeah. like, <coughs> crash, pardon me, crash in the northwest. <laughs> it's like, yeah, kidney stone, that hurt the most. Mental. That is funny, isn't it? But we actually started talking about the northwest, and then we ended up going back. But we'll talk about the northwest in a minute. But going back to your career, you started quite late, didn't you? You weren't like your six. Yeah, so you didn't have a yeah, traditional. Yeah. No, no, years old. I, I wasn't interested in uh, road racing. All my mates were at school. I was interested in grass track and speedway. Was your dad into racing at all? No, nope, no, not in the slightest. Yeah. No, he was into motorbikes, <laughs> yeah. but not not into racing as such. So, um, but when I was younger at school, uh, my dad's mates used to pick me up on a. Sunday morning and take me off to a grass track. They raced, you know, just clean wheels, fill it with methanol and yeah. put, put some more in bits and bobs, you know, and just make myself look busy. And I loved it. And that was my passion. I wanted to be world speedway champion when I left school and so on. So make a career to be I fair, had a, I had a 500 yeah. jower when I was 15 yeah. and uh, did, did some riding and stuff and bit, but couldn't afford it. I was at school. My dad couldn't afford it. So we just kind of stopped and sold it. And that was it. And just did the normal. I just got, I was a, I was a brickie. That's when you found the trail. Was that did, genuinely did, after like that sort of time? Left, was it? Left school yeah. at fifteen and flipping got a trail, and that was it. Did an apprenticeship. Well, I was a la- I was labouring for about twelve months first, and then got an apprenticeship. Didn't it? Oh mate, I loved was it. Your hod carrying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. ground working, hod carrying, all yeah. sorts, anything really, just to learn. Yeah, you know, and because you was a young lad, they'd send you up on to you know roof repairs and send you right to the top and three story places. Dodging Oh, well, there was no rules there. Health and safety Mental. was so relaxed, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, just big, big, massive triple ladders that. <laughs> took two people to lift anyway uh, big old wooden things and get them on mate it was mental and then the guy I worked for then he he hated heights he was shit scared <laughs> yeah. of heights so he'd let me get all the way to the top and you go up to the, up to <laughs> the gut on a big massive three story Tudor place then you'd be up a crawl going up towards the ridge and he'd be, he'd be shaking the ladder oh, thinking man. it was funny I mean, mate, did you mate, get your own back on him though? Oh mate, did yeah, I? Because I was going to say you'd just be brick. waiting for yeah. him to come up. Come oh, on, mate, mate get yeah. yourself up. He's crying his eyes out, honestly, yeah. in tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> full grown man. Hey, but it's once it once you're spooked with that job, you are you're knackered. Yeah, yeah I, I've mate. never. Yeah, I mean, I've done a bit of bricklaying at college. Get out. Didn't have to go. Show high. me your hands. Yeah, never done a day's work. They're soft as. I got them dirty the other day, but I um. And in the shower. Yeah, exactly. But I done. Yeah, I done the bricklaying, and I said to my bricklaying instructor, it was really funny because when I was at two in 2015, he was signing doing a signing at the Dicky stand at uh, Brands, and I don't I I won't forget it. And he came to me and went, "All right, Dan," and I was like, "All right, mate. Like, how you doing?" 
And he went, you don't recognise me, do you? And I was like, nah. And he went, it's Charlie, your old bricklaying instructor. I said, oh, God, how are you doing, Charlie? <laughs> he went, you told me you weren't going to be laying no bricks for a living. Because I used to be in there doing I said, Charlie, this is shit, mate. There's no way I'm doing this for a living. I said, I can't. I can't physically do it. Mate, like, I loved it. It's I was so shit at it. And I, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just shit at it. And I just was like, mate, I can't do it. It fueled me to race motorbikes. I wanted to race bikes so bad that I was like, this is really doing me justice, I think, just to get me a kick, I had, kick uh, up the arse. I had 10 years of it. Yeah. 10 years in a trial, piece work, you know, yeah. working sort of nationwide and good money. It's good money again now, mental money. And you started earning a, bit, a few quid and that's when you started going race like short circuit, was it? I started earning real good money in all fairness and to spend a lot of years, I was Zorro, I was. Zorro the flashing blade. Is that what they called you? Zorro. No, but you know, it was good money, it was graft, but good money. So, And I had no intention of racing motorbikes. No. And um, I used to buy and sell a few cars, bits and bobs, and just, it was just doing the normal things in life, you know, drinking, shagging, smoking, fighting, well, just the same as just everybody else. Just the same shit just, you do that yeah, age, yeah. Uh, yeah. That all young lads get up to when they go out and flipping. Uh, I went to Corfu on holiday with my girlfriend at the time, and I saw a GSXR 1100, a blue and white one. And um, it's about 1994. Oh, bloody hell, that's smart. So I come home, and at the time I had a I had an Orion gear injection. It's only a couple of years old, and um, I rang every every advert in MCN uh, with a GSX half sale. And this woman answered, and I said, oh, "I'm ringing about the car." I said, "But I'm just," I said, "I don't, I don't want to buy it. I want to swap it for a motorbike." And um, she's well, oh, well, the bike still sale, but my husband's in the shower. I said, "Well, tell him to give me a ring when he gets out of shower." Anyway, so he rings me back, and we did a deal. And I'm, I rode down with my girlfriend on the back to Toddington says on the M1 and did a straight swap for the, with the so car and the bike. Funny, isn't it? I rode off and he drove off. Yeah, it's mental, that's isn't it? so funny. I'd love to see it now. I just don't. You just wouldn't do it. Just you don't don't, you now, don't do trust they? anybody, do you? No, you don't. No. And my girlfriend at the time, she had a Alien 2 crash helmet. You won't remember that. It's like a being with a big chin piece here. No, oh, okay. Uh, three slots in the, I think three or five slots in the front. Anyway, lovely little thing, but it won't. But uh, the, the like the this piece was a lot narrower. It's like a car helmet. Yeah, really. yeah, okay, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she's a good passenger. But we're going so, and I'm from Luton originally. So Toddington's obviously not far from Luton. Is that, so. what, you, is that what you're talking about? You grew up then. Yeah, I always well, no, I was, in the Lincolnshire countryside. I did, I, did, then. I did most of my school life in Lincolnshire, but all the family's still down there. So I thought, right, I'll go and see the family on the bike. So goes down the M1. You, you can't help it, can you? Just try and see how fast it will go. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm. I was kind of riding along at 80, 90, and then got flat out. Because you could ride a bike anyway. And she's yeah. punching me in the, in the ribs. I thought, oh, I sort of shut, shut off a little bit, slowed down again. Then you can't help it. I got, got all excited, and away I went again. She's punching me again. Yeah. And I rolled down to about 100, and I looked I look behind me, and the visor on this thing had, had flipped all the way up, all the way open. <laughs> and snapped. Her eyes are like that. <laughs> Like, I that's so funny. Oh, man, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Her eyes out, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love that. And that's I went so off. Funny. So with that, that's what got me into sports bikes. And um I went off to Dutch Grand Prix in nineteen ninety one, I think, ninety one or ninety two to see my first Grand Prix and met a load of boys there on sports bikes. They didn't actually live far from me and kind of got real matey with them still good mates with them now yeah and uh used to go to <clears throat> scarborough gold cup and the northwest and and places i just just on the lash and watching uh, having, having the crack watching yeah. watching rain got into it and then um i thought right i'm gonna go and do a track day uh, a race school at cabell park well at the time it was 1993 so who got, that been? Yeah. Uh, Mara Brown, they were all the instructors. And uh, anyway, I, I went there and, and none of my mates had come. So I kind of went yeah. and, and, and uh, I thought I was, I was crapping it, to be honest, and flipping uh, 
by the end of the day, they said, oh, you're really good. You should have a go at racing. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. They're just trying to get me to spend some more yeah, money. Yeah, this is bullshit. So I did a track day on my Jigsa at the end of that year. This is end of 93. And um, again, none of my mates would go. I was, I was bloody cacking it and flipping. Uh, there's a couple of lads on brand new YZF 750s. They'd just come out that year. And uh, they was all spouting off of what I was going to do, what they weren't going to do. But I was more competitive than I realised. So I made sure that I smoked everybody that day and I made sure I smoked them too, especially that had been spouting yeah. off. But that, I don't mean to sound smart with that, but it's just a case of I subconsciously didn't realise what it meant and how competitive yeah. I was. Yeah, but you, but inside you was like, I'm going to fucking yeah. let you have it. And, and I had no well. intention yeah. of racing or doing it for a living or anything. So, yeah. But anyway, so I thought, right, I was getting a bit fed up with riding around on the road like a psychopath and getting away with it and doing the same thing. So, so I sold me, me, my road bike, which was my Jigsaw, which was my pride and joy. And, um, bought a four year old CBR 600. Cause that's the biggest bike you could ride as a newcomer. Uh, off a lad called Mark Ditchfield, who used to race British Championship, a uh, good, good top 10 British Supersport rider. <laughs> and uh, I went to my first race at Cabal Park. I don't know, I can't remember anything. March the 13th, 1994. It's mad, isn't it? And yeah, I, you I won, remember it all, yeah. And you I, won, probably, yeah. I won the first time out yeah. on, my, on my 600. And also won the open race as well on it. So you're racing so against was, the thousands of them? I was, I was, loose, I was loose, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, X-Ups. It was like X-Ups. I think old O-Dubs, X-Ups and uh, G6Rs it was. Yeah. So, my head, mate. So it's that gone. was that. And then I won a club championship the first year and then still no intention of doing it for a living. And then year two... You just two, don't do you then, yeah. You just, year yeah. two, it was either club racing again or there wasn't anything in between. There's no national championship. So I thought, right, I bought a year old bike off the same fellow I bought the last one off. His, his new bike, the one I bought, it was a year old. So, yeah, bought that, and I thought, right, I'm going to do British Championship. <laughs> so I come here, Donington, so Donington random, for the first yeah. round, and uh, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was, like, qualified 22nd. I was on the phone to him, mate. He said, I might be on telly on Sunday, flipping it. <laughs> and by the time I got through to round eight at Cabal, I was a pole. Shut and, get, and getting up. on the podium. And um, On and, your own? On your own back? Yeah. Or was you picking up sponsors just, no, as you just, went just on? Just food mates helping out, chucking a few. Hey, I couldn't do it without them. No. Yeah, yeah, chucking a few quid in and this and that. And a real good old school mate of mine, mechanic in, or two or two old school That's mates, well actually, funny, mechanic yeah. in. Mate's mega. But you could do what it. What was then. your team called then? Did you have a little team name? It, it, it wasn't really. Because you used to, was it just Steve Player Racing or whatever? Not yeah. at that point. Afterwards, it was called Bushfire Racing. But there's a story to that. Yeah. But, um, it's mad, isn't it? You can't do it now. No, it's just out the back you of a van and you know, tires, a brand new pair of, I got supported off a of Dunlop, which is about £120 for a pair of tires, you know, and you could sell them to for 70 yeah. quid to the road boys. Mega. So it's like 50 quid a set, and just but that's how you live. That's how yeah. everybody, yeah. everybody did it then. Can't do that, yeah. You can't oh, do you, it all you now. Got open can you? Hell now. So but anyway, that's how it progressed. And then um uh at the end of that year, Honda offered me two bikes on deferred payments. He basically got two brand new bikes, you didn't have to pay for them till October. And probably give me fifty free tires, and that's what kicked me off really. That's into, mad, yeah. Into my career as a professional, as such, yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. sort of opened your door with Honda. Did it that year? Massively, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then the following. Did you have to year. pay for the bikes at the end of the year? Yeah, but you sold them. Oh, okay, so you, so you paid them, for it. Oh, and then pay sell for them, and yeah. then just pay them in with the money you got. Ridden so to church on Sundays. Bang on, yeah, never yeah. been racing the rally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one careful chat. owner. Talk put, to me about put, bushfire. Put the brand new bodywork back on. Now, bushfire. I was sponsored by a farmer. From Newark. Uh, good bloke actually and he raced old sidecars I raced his sidecar one meeting actually that meant a thousand in that is probably the nuttiest thing I've done 
apart from passenger Ben Birchall around the TT course. God, have you done that? Uh, that's yeah. nuts. Well, no, uh, thank you. But uh, and that's where the bushfire name come from. There's no bad story from it. It was just kind of he just used to chuck me a bit of cash, yeah. get me to vat back on the tires, and and but he he was called himself bushfire, so it was all part of his team. That's yeah. anywhere it come from. So it was all flipping farmers, brickers, builders, roofers, all the sponsors. Oh, I love and that. that. And yeah. That's how it was. Do you know what I mean? They're just good people, just good people that were passionate about racing and wanted to. And I suppose see me do well, but also wanted to come along and have a few beers and get pissed at the meeting, you know. It's funny though, like even the fact that you've went and done, like even the fact that you started late, which was not like the whole way of your career, it's not traditional, is it? Like the way you started. No, far from but it. But then yeah. when did you decide, fucking hell, I want to go to the Northwest, fucking I want to go TT now? Because they're not like. Well, I went in 93. A that, big decision. The, the year they, before yeah. I raced, I went to the Northwest to watch. Uh, Foggy did the double, smashed that record. Um, and I think Ryan Terry was there. I think he went. Terry, I think Terry broke down or he went straight on it. Oh, no, he broke down. I think he was riding his wife. He ran out of talent, did he? I think oh, he's riding his oh, can't wait to get it. No. Oh, mate, he didn't run out. He never had did he? No, no, no. Nah, I mean, he's, 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 it. he's diamond geezer, isn't he? <laughs> um, but no, uh, and I kind of always fancied going back there. The TT wasn't on my radar at all, but Northwest was. It's good. It's part of the. It's the atmosphere and and just how the northwest is. It's fabulous. You know whether you're riding or not. It's, it's great. And it's it always is. no matter how much it pisses with rain in the northern in Northern Ireland. It is always nice weather there, isn't it? Like I know it rained a bit. I know there was a bit of rain last year there, but not most of the time, most of the years you go there, it's lovely for the week. Because it's on the coast, it, it can, it, you can be, it can yeah. be all the seasons in a day. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. You know, and dry out and still be nice. But hey, listen, nobody remembers the weather. It's just because everybody has such a good time. Yeah, you I've know. really. I was going to try great, and get there this great year. banter, good, lovely people. Yeah. It's a beautiful part of the world. Beautiful, you know, and just a good place to be. So, and, and for me, for you, me, because yeah. it's a mass start, it's kind of more my style, bit of elbow, and and that's what attracted me in the first place, you know. And I, and obviously, when I went to watch, you, there's some massive names road racing. Then a lot of Scottish yeah. riders, obviously, as Joey and Robert. You know, uh, uh, racing as well, and uh, some proper legends. Really do you remember was, telling yeah. your old man or, or or your mum that you was going to do it? Did they did they have any yeah, objections? They to it? They really, no, no, they never had any objections with anything. You know, with a TT later on, or or Macau, or anything. They never really. They they probably showed a bit of concern, but not. Uh, no, there was there was never negative with anything. Anybody around me, really. I guess it's like that he's going to do it. Exactly. They're supporting uh, uh, while he's it, doing it. Yeah. It's better than riding around on my road bike like a psychopath, yeah. like I had been doing. So, yeah. Funny, isn't it? Funny how life turns out. It's mad. It's mad, though, really. Because like, obviously you're doing the, you're on the trail and then all of a yeah. sudden then... Do you remember getting your first paid contract and being like, fucking hell, I've actually been paid oh, to man, race I, I know exactly where I was when the phone went and, yeah. I, and, and, and uh, I was saying your Honda, and, um, which was the official Honda team, then a Super Sport. Well, there's two. There was V&M Honda. Yeah, I remember, the the, I remember these names. I don't even remember Honda. Well, yeah. Sanyo Honda was Mick Grant. And a guy called Russell Savory. It was his Russell's team, and Mick ran it. And uh, Mick, Mick, and me have been real good friends ever since. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I was driving uh, from my house up to Cadwell to do a race school uh, one morning, and I just got like a mile outside of Horncastle. It's called Sewerswork Corner. If I went, da, 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 and and uh, and it was Mick. And, uh, sorry, it was um, Russell, and he went. Da, da, what boy? He's from uh, Odderston. And uh, Hertfordshire. Well, boy, yep, get good. He said, uh, You got the ride. I just wanted to pull over and cry my eyes out. I yeah. Just, I just, uh, Couldn't and, believe it. And yeah. a, paid, a paid ride to ride a super sport bike, you know, just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. 
So it's kind of things change very quickly from then on, really. Yeah. And yeah. of course, you know, you had the bike show then to come up and obviously you've got all your stuff with Honda yeah. and that, which was massive in those days, you know, because you got all the world super bike teams and world super sport teams yeah. as well as the British teams and all the super sport teams. Mate, it was massive. It really was. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. Do you remember the following yeah. year when you get into the to see? Because I always think now, like no matter what team you ride for, like even though I've rode for this team for free, this is my first season. There's no feeling like rocking up to the first test and seeing your bike there for the year, brand new. Like even though my bike's not a whole lot different, the fairings and stuff, you go, oh yes, can't wait to get on it. Do you remember your first time when you got up to the soup to your to your super sport bike when you say so you was being paid for the winter? Obviously, I yeah, massive. So I, I went down test. to Odderston where they was based uh, to have a look at the bikes first, and of course, you know, it's like you get all giddy. Man, and they're talking about all sorts and i've been out uh testing to france before just just my own bikes and stuff but, but it was more kind of a wing and a prayer stuff really um but what i think was testing at three different circuits i think i, I think definitely albacetti uh maybe cartana and one other one on a, on a big trip out you know and that's and like I didn't spend that much time in Europe, really. No, nice, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, and the winters are nice and night. It was brilliant. Just, just everything about it was brilliant. But you just felt like a imposter syndrome, isn't it? So you don't. Yeah, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, so, yeah, I shouldn't, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. really this be here. You know, yeah, and, and kind of, I was just piggybacking. Can some, I do this? <laughs> piggybacking somebody else's gig. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, brilliant. Even though I was fast, you still, yeah, it's weird. Weird. It just felt like it shouldn't be there, and and not not undeserved. That's not the right way of putting it, I suppose. But kind of. You felt like a bit of an alien. Yeah, and you feel it's, in, it's in that weird, you feel almost too lucky. Although yeah, it's yeah. a big sacrifice, like the training, the, the normal way of life is sacrifice, isn't it? To be a successful yeah, yeah. racer, it's kind of like. And so even though you do all that and make all the right steps to get there, you get there, and you're like, shit. Like, what See, do I, I, yeah. I hadn't yeah. trained. I hadn't yeah, trained so then. Yeah, yeah. I'd never, you know, I'd done a bit of uh, boxing, sparring as a youngster, um, just with mates. But um, <laughs> normally on Friday night. Yeah. Down but, the local. Fl- but flipping, um, you know, I've been kind of. Uh, a little bit overweight. Did they tell you that smoked, as well? Smoked. Did you? Yeah, drank loads yeah. and flipping. You know, just I was just having fun. And did they tell you that when you got your first no, contract? No, no just I just knuckled expected. down as soon as I got my deal. Yeah. I knuckled down and stopped everything. Started running. I could only run half mile when I first yeah, started. And flipping. Uh, yeah, and then just went mental with with training as as everybody does. And gets addicted to uh, it and, and then do get, too much. Get addicted and you over train and so on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so I probably lost two and a half stone. Yeah. That's mad, isn't yeah. it? No, well, you know, through in, uh, very quickly in my career, I wasn't as strong as I was when I was on the trail. Yeah, but I was much fitter. 
Yeah, and you've always been quite yeah. a methodical person, haven't you? That's yeah. what you've like instilled into me, I guess, working with you over the last few years is that I used to rock up and be like, right, I'll be right. Like, where's your reference point there? Well, I don't know. I'm fucking over there somewhere. Look, <laughs> but that's something now that's really helped me out. Like this yeah. year, especially. I mean, I know obviously I've only done a couple of races, but it's helped me like being a bit more methodical. And it's kind of like I feel like over the last six, seven years, like I was saying to Glenn earlier, like six years ago, you could rock up and do yeah. 35. There's like five people doing 35s around Cad around uh, Alton. Yep. Now 15 of you are doing 35s. So yeah. The top four are doing 34s or whatever it is, 33s. It's like now you have to put so much effort in, don't you? And have you always been like that? Because you always say, like your methodical way of thinking, like you, you told me some stories about the, the endurance before. You'd walk the track, you'd be looking at, right, if I, if the bike breaks down here, where's the, On, where's the yeah, road ma- back? Massive. And, you know, yeah, massive. I'm so passionate about the endurance job. I love, yeah, I I love it. it. I love it to I bits really as well. want a good go at endurance, yeah. Uh, and obviously it's kind of, you, you, you're seeing if you crash. But hey, it happens, you yeah. know. But because you, you have to push your bike, you back. have to push really hard, you know. Anyway, the yeah. fir- the first three hours of the race, you like lap record pace, pushing and pushing, um, with the other factory teams. Um, but if you have an issue or a problem, you've got to get the bike back. You're only allowed to hand it over to one of your team members when you come into the pit lane That's across right. the line. Oh, I so couldn't even ma- imagine like, that. I broke down at the Boulder Pool Car once. Uh, I think it was about '99. We raced a VTR thousand there, me, Mara, and Johnny Barton. And uh, I crashed, like, I crashed. I broke down like a third of the way down the Mistral Strait. Mistral Strait's a mile long and it's uphill. It's just a long drag. And it's all right to begin with. Then you're absolutely hanging. Bollocks, because it's so hard. Yeah, oh, In your levers, your heart rate's yeah, already yeah. up because mate, you've mate. been sweating your tits off. And of course, you're, you're trying to get back as fast as you can because you don't want to lose too oh, much time. So it's even... mental. But that's... That's when you crash down in a, in a, sorry, breakdown, should I say, in a handy place. Because sometimes there's tunnels you've got to go through, there's different, you've got to go across gravel traps, yeah. grass, and there's little pathways, mate. So if you don't know where they are, they are mm. especially in the dark, you're knackered, completely knackered. I couldn't think, I was thinking like where, just then when mm. I was just thinking of Suzuka, like I couldn't imagine if you broke down, do you know like before you, the 130 up, like yeah. furthest corner, yep. you've got to get up that hill in that heat, the humidity. And I think I remember seeing I'm a guy like, push his bike up there and you just think... I think, I think it was Suzuka, is that art? I'd play dead. Yeah, I think you would just be like, yeah, yeah, I hate Because you're doing a long stint anyway. Like, let's say you're doing a 50-minute stint in that heat. like, And obviously, the Paul Ricard is 24-hour race, isn't it? And so, yeah. so imagine, like, 20 hours into a race, you've not slept all night. Like, oh, I, mate, and, But Terry said, like, obviously, Terry Reimer said about it, he said the British have got such a good name yeah. for yeah. being they, doers. Because they dig deep. Yeah, he said That's they just... And it's brilliant yeah. for the teams, and yeah. it gives us BSB guys a good hope for, like, a future. Uh, you know, a lot of the Europeans, they give in. Uh, uh, bad points of a race or especially 24 hour race but yeah, it's like Le Mans mm. uh, GP last weekend you know I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of miles around there I've been on the podium loads for the 24 hour job um, and I love it to bits but mate it's such hard work and you know you're it's always three till three, the race. Yeah. Um, <laughs> start three in the afternoon and for 24 hours. But you've had a full week. You've had a full week of testing, training and yeah. and doing all sorts. So you've, you've done that many miles here. You're covered in blisters anyway. And that's before the 24 hour starts. And then you kind of, you get through to sort of, you go, say the race starts at three. You know, you've done all those hours, you know, and you get like 16 hours into the race and it's daylight. You think, oh, mate. What a result. I could imagine the 10th hour being the worst. Eight hours left. Yeah, Eight hours left. Mean, yeah. It's like, what? I could imagine being 10 hours in and being like, right, fucking hell, right. As soon as you get that day hours, break, yeah. you think, yes. Yeah. Eight hours left. That's mad. I could think <laughs> of like the 10th the hour being the worst because you're not even halfway. You've still got two hours yeah. to halfway. 
you know if you get to the 12th hour and it's like right half halfway but just being there yeah and like the stints aren't long enough for you to really get a proper sleep are they like well Le Mans you're like, buzzing. Like the GP track we saw you saw last week that was about 53 minutes you know 24 litres of fuel so you get about 53 54 minutes somewhere there for your uh, or you used to then it probably a little bit less now because they use more fuel you know because they're more powerful but yeah so somewhere you'd be over 50 minutes anyway which is a long stint and if and it's if, if i'm out on if i was out on track <clears throat> and there'd been a bit of rain or a shower and it's drying i knew full well i'd be going out to do a, a back-to-back stint because you knew where the drying bits so i'd were. always brief somebody in the box if i'm going again make sure somebody's clean my visor and I get, there's a drink there for me because yeah. you only get about with everything in the pit lane, you probably get 30 seconds, that's yeah. it, and you're away again. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I really want to <laughs> do, on. I mean, I say this openly, I really want to do a 24-hour race, but I know that everyone says, during it, why am I doing a 24-hour race? <laughs> but then after, they go, mate. Hey, well, I didn't, I want that, I loved it, you know. And, and uh, I, I mean, like that, pushing you because yeah. it's because the temperature, because yeah. it's, you know, like 9% humidity, yeah. but it's only eight hours. Yeah. You know, like, uh, um, I didn't find Le, it Le, Mans, Le Mans 24 yeah. hours is always April time. Yeah. So you'll get, you'll be walking through the car park at the middle of the night, sort of three in the morning and there's a, all the, there's frost on the, know, like the car hazy, roof. like a hate, oh, mate, but yeah. I physically didn't feel that bad at Suzuka, but I had Pirelli, so I was quite limited with the tyres. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the tyre got to a point where I weren't driving forward anymore. Therefore my arms weren't being used much anymore. So I was kind of just a sitting up doing the best I could with the pace I had. But I know that going three seconds a lap, like if I compared that to motocross, like, going and doing a half an hour some people say to me oh god motocross doesn't tire me out and i'm like well when you're pushing on me it should be tiring you out because it's bloody physical <laughs> you know like it trust me when you're going fast and so i get that maybe when if i was on johnny ray's bike at the time i'd have probably been quite knackered but mate the whole like world endurance thing like i think i love racing it just the whole yeah. persona the atmosphere you know it's mental the like, teams the, are really the, helpful the, the mistral straight at the ball door is a mile long you can't even see it during the night. There's that many bonfires. There's that much smoke coming across. So you have to throw your leathers away afterwards. They stink. Really? Horrible. Yeah. It's mental. And that's so you the don't atmosphere know is incredible. Yeah. If you break down and you go home, let's say midnight or one o'clock in the morning, you cannot drive through the car parks. They'll just tip, they'll tip your vehicle over. And what about the friends with men? I know. The chainsaws and and what about after it? Are you just sat there like physically bollocks? Like oh, mate, listen, physically. The, the last one I did. To, I rode for Ten <clears> Carter. In fact, me. My teammate, uh, a guy called good. Matthew Legreve, yeah, he, he Matthew, was a newcomer yeah. at uh, Northwest, and he's doing a TT this year. So I was catching up loads at Northwest last week. He had quite a good name in the oh, mate, he, he, was, he was a good world supersport yeah. rider, really world good. World supersport, that's it. <clears throat> and he uh, did a little bit of super bikes on, on, with Honda, and uh, he's, he's world champion, world endurance. Oh, yeah. Um, but a good kid, you know. But he's kind of, I mean, he's getting on a little bit now, but he's kind of done it all, but... I've had some real good banter with people like that, you know, um, some good times in the paddock and just, just being daft lads and, you know, being childish, really. Yeah. And then, so once you obviously did your, you've done your exploits in that and and Northwest, what about the T, when was the TT fought for you? Oh, that's like, what I'm saying, that? I forgot, you're saying about obviously, what did you do after the race, yeah. after 24 hours, sorry, yeah. yeah. So it was me, Matthew and uh, Sebastian Charpentier, yeah, 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 yeah. in 2009, because uh, it was busy if me with a TT as well as the World of War Endurance and the British Championship. Um, uh, 2009, it was Josh Brooks's first year over in BSB. So I was riding HM Plant Supersport for the season. Josh hadn't got his visa in time, so I had to ride the Superbike <clears throat> at Brands and the Supersport. Um, and then finished that meeting. I won the Supersport and I led the first Superbike race and crashed like a dickhead and finished third in the second one. Jumped straight in the motor and drove to Le Mans. 
That's mad. So that was all on uh, Pirelli's at BSB. I drove to Le Mans uh, Monday to get there for Monday. We're testing all week. So we tested Monday, Tuesday on factory Michelins on a 10 Carter bike. Uh, and then I got the overnight ferry, drove up to Cairn, got the overnight ferry back to Portsmouth, went to Castlecombe to do me Dunlop tyre testing for the TT, <sighs> went straight back to the ferry, got the overnight ferry back for the rest of the Le Mans and the race and everything. This is on back on the Michelin. <coughs> Did the full race. Um, I think we finished on the podium. Um, yeah, we finished on the podium. And then um, I went straight back to the motorhome, got a shower, packed it up and drove home. Drove all the way back to my house in Lincolnshire. Got in the shower, drove to the airport, and went to TT for the launch. Wow, thanks, man. Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? And you yeah. think like now, never yeah. thought anything of it. Just, it's like just, you know, anyway. It sounds yeah. like your normal week. Yeah, where I say I'm in Spain today, mate. I'm in bloody <laughs> Africa tomorrow, and then I'm in bloody Mallorca tomorrow. <laughs> then the next day I'm off to the northwest, and I'm back at the TT. God, mate, yeah, it is mad, isn't it? But you yeah. did it. Like, do you think if you focused on the British Championship solely one year like that? So say you had that year where you had that, and you solely focused on it. Do you think that would have helped? Do you think doing all the other bits? pulled you away from your A game as such because you was spread out. I was, I think realistically to sum up my career, I was always in a big rush because I started so late and I wanted to win everything. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't a championship, I want to want to do in races yeah, to, pr- exactly. to prove yeah. to myself I yeah. was fast at everything. Yeah, and you enjoy uh, racing and uh, winning. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So you know, uh, so British Championship, Super Sport, and Super Stock, and Super Bike, and um, even stuff like the Triumph Speed Triple Series and various other things that. Um, the Northwest, Macau, TT, World Endurance. Did you win at Macau? Yeah, well, I've never been. <sighs> that looks so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I've won at them all, and yeah. that's sending my own ego. That's no, all but I was yeah. trying to fulfil, yeah. uh, as we all do. But it was just, I just, I was in, my point being, what I was saying, I was, I was in, a, in a big rush to make sure I tried to get through everything. Yeah. And I, I wasn't 100% sure, especially at TT, whether I was going to win. And the TT came onto my radar later in my career, not early on, um, luckily. But it was just, obviously, I wanted to win at them all just to kind of prove to myself that I was good at everything, yeah. Yeah, and did you think, would you have done, you said that, like, obviously referring to doing the TT later, was that, would, if you'd done it when you were younger, do you think you'd have been a bit looser? Well, I won't say I was younger. I was only 26 when I started racing, but I was probably riding like a youngster. Yeah. You know, I was, I was quite uh, keen. Loose would be the word. Loose. Uh, well, according to everybody else, I thought I was smooth. <laughs> I thought it was quite smooth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I got criticised quite heavily when I said I was going to the TT um, because of our road, really, you know. But I just. Oh, she was quite aggressive, was you? Oh, very aggressive, yeah. Um, uh, but I. Because you're of, five foot tall, mate. That's cal- what that is. <laughs> I calmed everything <laughs> down. Uh, and I had Mick Grant on my side and, you know, and other people to help me. He's a good person to have for you. He's very experienced, really, Mick. Yeah. And calm, calm it down, calm everything down. And kind of, yeah, I took it sort of. Um, steady really but was fast instantly you know and and, and they'd come and have a go at me Mick would after the session he said what are you doing what are you doing I said mate I, I hadn't even looked at my lap time I don't know beans, bro. Yeah, I'm, I said, I'm just <laughs> yeah. cruising really he said oh, all right okay then. okay and yeah. just and left it at that you know But and the lap times I was the fastest newcomer that uh, ever that year the year I was there uh, which was beaten afterwards obviously but um, but I, it, I felt like I was within my comfort zone and that, but that's why I was lapping as quick as I was because I wasn't trying too hard. Yeah, that's mad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But it's funny you say about being like the aggressive competitor that you are because in the team manager role, you quite, you are quite reserved and you don't make assumptions straight away. You don't jump to things. Like I, I think the reason I get one of you is because you're honest and yeah. you can tell you something either in um, 
like I can tell you something in com- like with 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 confidence. In com- yeah with confidence yeah. yeah but be honest about it and you don't take offense to it yeah. or you can tell me stuff I don't take offense and I think yeah. that's why I get on with you so well but yeah I got, I got you- that from Mick Grant to be honest do you think yeah I was gonna Mick, say that, Mick, yeah. Mick and Mick and Mick's a typical Yorkshireman you know he says it as it is it's nice because you know uh, you and stand a lot of people, people yeah. didn't like him for yeah. that big but you know exactly where you mm. stand and what it is and uh, so we got on really well and I'm very straight with Mick also yeah which he loves um and it kind of comes from that and my, my dad's the same yeah so it kind of for me there's you, there can't be any argument if you're honest no and it's so, yeah and but there's yeah. a way of saying it obviously yeah. you don't say it aggressively you say it honestly and you know not with passion that's the wrong thing to say but it's just very straight and methodical really and did that change when you turned into uh, a team manager yeah no like, no it was before then it was just through experience of riding and working because i, I managed a team uh alistair flanagan run a team called aim yamaha and i managed that as well as riding it um so i had some experience a little bit with that and i've done some work with honda as, as well and some other teams so you kind of you learn the hard way to a certain degree and you, you learn from your own um from your own mistakes it's the only way you learn isn't it yeah, it's no, literally the only way you, know, you learn because i never realized how aggressive i could be with people around me in yeah but in the box and so on you know and as a as a friend of mine who was a complete pain in the ass to begin with really he still is a little <laughs> bit um now phil if you're listening phil yeah. uh good, good bloke he's still a good friend but he was a um he's actually a biochemist um but he his hobby was psychology so and he said, oh, can I come and do it? I said, mate, listen, you can come and Stop you can do and say what you, you want. <laughs> if I tell you yeah. to F off, I'm having <laughs> yeah. a bad time and don't get the... Anyway, so... I'm going to just stand God. there really aggressively staring at you. But he taught me how to interact with the people around me. Because even though I didn't think I was being uh, aggressive, I was being very aggressive yeah. in, in my tone and the way I was. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was frustrated at yeah. the situation, not at them. Um, and very quickly, you can give them the ump and make them be very protective and not work correctly. I'll get that. Because Steph says that to me sometimes. Sometimes I'd say something to someone and I'd be aggressive and I'm like, yeah. hang on, I'm not, I'm not being aggressive. But you are. And it's sometimes your your demeanour and the way you're acting is something that you don't even know about. So, And it's really hard like when you're trying to negotiate with someone about something and you like, right, don't be aggressive, right, try and be this person, try and be that person, try and be nice, try and... But you're like, bloody hell, how do I do that? I'm just being myself, like, I don't know. So sometimes I actually say to people, look, I'm not being a wanker, I'm not saying this, I'm not being harmful, but I don't know how to dress up my words or articulate them any differently, so this is how it is. <laughs> but it's hard because you come across sometimes quite straight, and I'm not that, I'm not an evil person, but no, Steph would no. say sometimes, oh, you're coming across like a dickhead. Yeah, and it's like I don't mean it to be like that. Sometimes, yeah. You mentioned Steph, and obviously, your dad Jimmy, he's always around, you know. And uh, my my dad was always around, but he kind of kept well away. If that makes sense, he never really had an input um, with anything because so he never got the ump as well, you know. And uh, but I liked it like that. I like to kind of sort my own problems out and and work on things. But you learn the hard way, yeah. You know, and and it's through making mistakes. As Definitely. well, you know, not, I don't just mean crashing, but just, you know, uh, mistakes in your career or going the wrong path or flipping, you know, um, negotiations, various things. All you of know. it you learn, didn't you? Yeah, and it's sometimes yeah. it's bollocks because you're like, oh, why did I say you that? You only get then? one chance. Yeah. Like, Most I, I messed up this opportunity. Why did I say that yeah, like that? Yeah. Or why did I say this? Why did I say that? But I think when you're being honest, though, you eliminate that because you're kind of laying it out there. So if you are honest with somebody and they're like, oh, actually, yeah, it's not the right thing for me. Wicked. Because I enjoy the management side. Yeah. It's good. I do. You know, obviously, it's always better when you're getting results, obviously. But, um, 
you know, but there's there's eyes and lows within any team to a certain degree, and and you've got to, you know, this is a very experienced team, and they've they've won championships before, um, but it's more a case of um, making sure things are going in the right direction and just um, sorting problems if there are any problems there. And you just know. having a plan, isn't it? Like having yeah. a plan, and yeah. But it's funny because I was going to say to you as well, like and keeping people sharp. Yeah, and it's different because like when you was managing me and Andrew. Like I'm completely different to him, aren't oh, I? Yeah. So it's like when you get to a team, it's like shit. Right, we've got him there, we've got him there. He's different to him. He reacts to this. He likes this. He likes that. He's relaxed. He's not. And it, it's like it's quite because Andy says to me, "What? Like, what are you even saying about that part?" I'm like, "Yeah, it works, right, mate." Yeah. He's like, "But what do you mean?" I'm like, "Mate, chill out. It's, it's, yeah, stick, keep it in the bike." I think he's kind of like rubbed off on me a little bit. Obviously, you certainly have in way of like yeah. being more methodical and, and the way I approach things and. That's helped me out a lot, but if you're not it, yeah. if you're not methodical, then you can't improve it. You can't repeat it because you're, you're on a wing, yeah. wing and a prayer. Yeah, and you can't repeat you it because yeah. you go, shit, right? I've done a good lap time then, but where did that come from? Right. Well, actually, I moved my reference point back five foot, or yep. I pulled it in and broke. But before that, like that's something that I've really drilled in this year, especially yeah. Yeah. Um, in the one or two races. It's difficult I've done. because when yeah. you know it's like when you're winning all the time. <clears throat> What you should be doing is not celebrate. I mean, you got you got to you have a smile on your face. It is, but it's your ego as much as anything. But then you, you run next right. race, yeah. But what you should be doing is analysing why we so fast this week. Yeah. So when it's all shit, how can you put it right? Yeah, that is a hundred percent it. And I think my yeah. whole career, I've kind of I've been quite luckily talented, and I've got through things. And I like the bike a certain way. I've, I like my handlebars. I like things a certain way. But I've been quite lucky in the way of some of my results. But that's why I've not been able to repeat my results often. Yeah. Is because I've done it through luck. And I think that's something this year that I'm like dying to like get racing again. Because so ne- never mind all that. When are you going to come and do the TT? Not doing TT, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'll come and commentate there. But no, the TT. I, one of my questions actually is for you. Like, do you remember vividly the feeling of being sat there? Like, I was just I was I was talking to Glenn before about it, and it's like you sit there. And although everyone says there's loads of things going, you, it's silent, isn't it? You have got your earplugs in. You like you're fully focused. Do you remember the whole like, atmosphere around it? Oh, to mate, it's, it's unreal. Uh, I only did, I only raced TT three times, you see, uh, seven, eight, and nine. Um, but I, I vividly remember my first ever lap. You know, which is beyond travelling, beyond a marshal, yeah. which is fabulous. Do you do that now, the travelling marshal? You just still think, yes, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. You, uh, it's, it's Milky Quail and uh, Johnny Barton. They do it. And that they they teach all the newcomers that come over and and pass on. Oh, milky when you clip that inside. Much. God, mate. But lucky, it's just. Lucky. But when you're lining up for your first ever lap, I mean, it's great because it breaks the ice following them. But it's just, oh, mate, it's so. This feels easy. The nerve, this feels ner- easy. The nerves are mental. They are before you go, because you don't know what to expect. Whether you're coming home, you know, sounds yeah. really blatant and blunt. <clears throat> you but... you you've got a good idea of the course to a certain degree, but it kind of. Um, Snowballs a little bit because so many sections look the same. That's what uh, somewhere else. Big H, Gav yeah. Hunt's dad. Before, he said to me yeah, before yeah. We, we, I spent a bit of time there in a half barrack yeah. chamber, staying at his house, and he went right. So come here. He, we're driving along, and he said, right, see this right hander. It goes into this left, yeah, and look how fast this left is. He goes, and then we went on a few miles on, and he says, right now look at this right hander and look how much it's tightened. He said That's this it. catches so many. Yeah, they had yeah. wall wrap like um. Almost like banking from like um like trees. It's probably Glen Allen. Yeah, I don't know. And yeah. he said to me, "This see people catch up because they the, go, oh, the, this is a fast the first, left. First one's real fast in, and the second and second one yeah, tightens, it tightens up, up and yeah, goes yeah. through a fast right. Yeah. And he said this catches people out all the time because yeah. they think this is, and it, it must be like that. How many corners got, is it? You got they, they say something like three hundred. So thirty-seven point six miles. Thirty-seven point seven miles. Yeah. Oh, and that's so much. <clears> so it takes a lot of learning. I mean, some of it, some of it disappears. 
you know, you, you worry about you just, when you when you first go, mm. you know, you, you're worried about a section, but it actually disappears because it's just a flat out bit. Did you have to break the track up into like the sections and go, right, let's get comfortable through here. <coughs> yeah. Right, let's get comfortable through there. Right, let's get comfortable through here. I broke it all down into sections and, and worked on, and you work on your worst section once you get there. Yeah. But the, my job, first of all, before I went um, pre-07, was to try and learn what sections coming next because some of it looks the same, like I just yeah. said. So I did lap after lap after lap in cars. I didn't use bikes because you can't concentrate on a bike properly. Uh, just just in cars and stuff. So you're going round and round and round. On, and sometimes I kind of concentrate on the section. You can't learn lines because you're nowhere near the pace. No. You will ever be on a motorbike. You have a head on with a car. You know, that's <laughs> funny because there's one time I took the missus over and was going round and round and round. And I said, right, we've got time for one more lap just before we go get back and uh, drop the car off and, and get the plane. So we come down into the bottom of a gara and uh, was flat out in, in this car, which isn't that fast. It's only about 100 mile an hour. Yeah. <clears throat> just as you got into the gara, from from an hour before and the lap before, um, they put some temporary roadworks up with bollards and traffic lights. And it was no like, way! Man, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I was so lucky because it was on red, and I, thought, oh, what? I was never going to stop. And it just gone, it just gone to red, but there was enough time in the break. Yeah, the other end was on red. So I went through and I clattered all the cones out. No way! The wife screaming her head off. And <laughs> And then I just pulled the car and just carried on. No. You get damage trials you have the insurance <laughs> no, Nothing, up. no. Didn't damage Mate, anything. that is so funny, like, isn't mental. it? Mental, yeah. Because you have to do like, so many laps, don't you? Yeah. Like, to get, I mean, to, to get, like, how how long would you spend? Because you just need to know. I, I, I kind of, I spent a lot of time out there. I kept going back out and doing various things. But that's all it was for, because it's just so different when you first ride it. The speed is so different. And that's quite a just, common thing for people, isn't it? It's just really knowing what station's coming next. Then, you know, I was up at kind of five o'clock every morning out in the car on practice days and, and I would kind of identify, because you forget some of your bad bits as well. It's that yeah. long a lap. Yeah. You kind of identify two points and go and work on them. But you can't even give maybe, feedback maybe after only a one. session. You're a bit like, oh, it's uh... mad. Your head's fried. And then what about the Completely feeling then fried. when you're at the top of... It's not tiring. Yeah. It's mentally draining. Yeah. Uh, physically. I can tiring. Yeah. It's mentally draining. Yeah. It is, yeah. And the um, feeling then when you sat at the top of Braille for your first race waiting for the shoulder tap, what's, what's, what's oh, going through mate, your mind? You don't know what to think, really. Is it? Is yeah. it genuinely? I like, hated, yeah. I, and still hate Bray Hill because it's like going off the edge of the world. You can't oh, see I can't where you're going. how steep it is, and, and, and you're walking top. And it's flat and sick. I know. You're not flat, you're still gaining speed. Yeah, but you're, you're hooking open. top gear, yeah, yeah. and then the track goes downhill. It's not like you're hooking so top. You've got no reference because yeah. it's down there. So it's mental. I guess you just like, hey, some people down, love it. Like Dean boom. Harrison loves it. It's his favourite part of the track. I'm like, what? Are you f- you're not wide or right. But he hates bits that I like. You know what I mean? And so he said every, that he don't, yeah. Different. He said that his lap don't start. He said, in my head, the lap don't start for me. I, I'm sure he said when he turned right at the bottom there. Court Bridge, turned, yeah. Yeah, I think he said that's well, where I my don't, lap starts. Well, I used to wait until Union Mills, three miles out. So, you know, because you've got a full tank of gas at the start yeah. of the race. Yeah, I can't litres. imagine. Overfilled. You've got, you got yeah. warm tyres, not hot. Yeah. So the and so the bike's not reacting great. It's oh. like a, an unstable, unstable feeling. You get to Quarter Bridge and you know you got cold tyres. You got to be careful. People always think I'm sat here overreacting about the thought oh, of this. But if you mm. race motorbikes and yeah. you even look at the top of Bray Hill and where you have to hook sixth gear, mate, it's enough to make you feel sick, isn't it? Like so you so you're crapping yourself anyway. You're nervous, obviously nervous because you want to do well as as well as remember everything and it's not get anything wrong. Yeah. Um, your first, my f- the first part of the lap, as soon as you get to top gear, you've got Braille to deal with. It's like, what's going on? And that's like 30, 45 seconds into uh, the lap. And if you manage to get through that, you're going down to quarter bridge and you've got to be so careful not to eyesight and, 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 and Braddon as well. And then, But by the time you work out to Union Mills, you've had three miles and you're kind of starting to 
yeah relax a little right, bit and then pick, pick your points you know talk to yourself you talk to yourself all the way around picking your points and and uh using your markers and and or, or try and remember stuff that you're not happy with or not sure about and then that's for 37 miles and, and, and then forget. you got to, then you got to try and remember when to come in for fuel and people forget you're still <clears> racing people yeah, here. Yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. actually racing people you're yeah. still competing it's flipping mental mate it's the whole it? thing's yeah. yeah nah not for me now, right. I've turned right at the turn one here at Donington. I go round a few corners, I come back round into a hairpin, back round, and I go round again, and I just do that <laughs> 20 times or 22 times, and that's it. That's mega for me. I'm happy with that, but it's just a different gravy, isn't it, mate, mate? I do. Oh. Obviously, I work on the TV yeah. coverage now. Do you? Bloody for, I for the TT, and then, and then, but, <laughs> and I'm like, we'll do stuff in pit lane when the race is on, and I'll do a fly pass. It's about 170 mile an hour past the pit lane, and, mate, I could touch him. I'm that close. And you think, God, Jesus, did I used to do that? You He's know. mad. Who's and your I, tip? And I, get, I go out and, and watch in various different places, which is lovely for me because I've never been watching before. What's your top tip for the TT? Tip I, do you know TT. what? I really feel like Dunlop is riding so bloody um, well at the minute. We we uh, I was we did a podcast yesterday, preview, TT yeah. preview podcast, and spoke about it, and everybody's got their own ideas, but I said the same. He's riding so good at the moment. Short circuit, he's doing a good you know, job. He's, he's doing, doing a good he's job. He's doing a good job, short circuit. Yeah. He's got the bit between his teeth on the big bikes. He really has. And I feel like he's got a competitive he's, package. He 100% he's a favourite on the Super Twin Super Sport. So Super Stock and the Super Bike. He's riding the Honda Fireblade this year. It's a good package. Um, he's got a bit between his teeth. He really has. And he's kind of quite desperate, I think, to get results on them. And then we're pushing strong. Of course, Hick is the exactly. favourite. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah, but you can't he's not favourite. Yeah. But listen, you know, it wasn't very long ago. Uh, Uchi was a favourite. Exactly. And then click your fingers. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. I think it's going to be competitive. Dean, you can't forget that, Dean Harrison's and that's riding. not yeah. touch wood. Wishing bad luck on anybody because we want to see a dog fight and everybody had to fight for it. But our, Dean Harrison's riding really Short well at circuit. the minute. He's, he's doing a mega job. On it Northwest, year. he was there, weren't he, again? You know, and, and then you got David Todd. Yeah. Who's won his first Northwest last he's week, getting, doing a great yeah. job. You know, um, and he's. Probably his superbike wasn't quite on the pace for the Northwest, but it'll be so much better at the TT. He's come of age as such. So, I know he's only yeah, 27, mate, 28. Yeah, 100%. But... So I think, mate, it's going to be a good dogfight between them four. And there's always somebody that catches you out that you know, wasn't, you know, like, I would love to see Connor Cummings win a race. I was going to say, no, the man, you know, Connor. A man to win. Be mega, absolutely yeah. mega. That, when was the last time that happened? Do you know what? It'll be, I suppose, really, it's Molly on the sidecars uh, for the last TT wins. But uh, I don't know. On a, on a solo, um, I'll probably get shot in the foot now, but I'm not sure. Don't know. Yeah. 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 Well, right. We've been waffling on some now, and I want to get onto my old track with you. I've got a name for this. I've got Buckins Bonanza for the questions. Okay, it's TT. But this is, say uh, track. Oh, it's TT, track. Yeah. So, your favourite track? Oh, yeah, tell mate. me your favourite track. I think. You've ridden a few, haven't you? I've ridden a lot all around the world. Um, if you say track, that's not road racing, right? Yeah, all right. Let's go courses. track. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll go tracks. It's a close call between Suzuka and Spa. Oh, Suzuka. Oh, I'm not ridden Spa, Spa is, yet. Mate, oh, get, if it's anything get like, yourself oh, there. I know. Mate, do you know if what? I like rode right. Oh, no, Suzuka, so you yeah. come out the airpin, the old airpin, yeah. onto the old start finish, yeah. not the F1 start finish, yeah. uh, which is first gear. Yeah. I, I was lucky enough to ride superbikes there and uh, a load of old RG500s. I rode Kenny Roberts Jr.'s um, 93 championship winning bike there. And O Rouge up is, to fifth, is boom, boom, or sixth. sixth gear on the left, Jesus. back to fifth, up and through and out. It is unbelievable. Because oh, to look amazing. at it, you'd think, oh, it must be fourth gear, you know, but mate, it's mad. And the Formula One's flat, 
I F1, know. Apparently, F1's flat. We're doing the mental. simulator. The simulator is really good these days. But it's a great track. It's not just Eau Rouge. Just the whole, the whole lap's fabulous. Yeah. And if you go into the Spa Classic there, um, which is once a year, uh, they open the track up just at the top of Eau Rouge, and they'll take you out with the police escort on the old Spa circuit that Barry Sheen still holds the uh, fastest ah, ever average yeah. lap. And then, so if you've got to pick one of them circuits, because the following question is the most memorable moment at one of those circuits. So which one are you going to go with? Oh, Sp- uh, Suzuka. Suzuka. Winning? Did you win? No, didn't win. I didn't ride a factory team. The team I rode for actually is factory now, which is Yacht, uh, Yamaha Rocha racing team. Uh, great bloke, Mandy Kynes runs that. Competitive um, package, that. But you? I like I like winding people up, taking them, making another bit of a crack, and we was there was fighting for the championship that year, and. Um, Obviously, Suzuka's a big race, and in all fairness, there's that many proper full-on factory teams oh, there. Mental. If you're with the normal teams that do the full season, if you can get in the top ten, you're doing well. Yeah, the Jap bikes right. are so Jap, fast. Jap bikes are as good as well super bikes. Mate, when I was there, the Jap bike come past me yeah. like I was on a six hundred, genuinely, yeah. and I was on a I was on a thousand, proper thing. Yeah. So, um, so for the eight hour, we'd had was fine for the championship, but we'd had problems all the way through testing and practice. With a, a misfire um, that wasn't consistent anyway. So I was, I was starting the race because my teammates, Igor German and Steve Martin, they didn't want to start. So I said, I'll start, no bother. Da-da. So you go out, you're flipping, sweating like a rapist. Straight away, as soon as you leave, before as soon you, even, you leave Before you even get out. Yeah. And then yeah. get on the bike, go into your lap, come back to the grid, and then you're doing your practice start, and then you have to do all that again. So you, and you have some, mate, that's all, you must lose half a stone on, in one flipping lap. And I come back and I, and I said to the boys, they said, is everything all right? This is on my first lap out. And I come back and I said, mate, misfire's back. And I was only taking the piss. I'm not kidding you. I'm not even blinked and the phone was off it. No. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, I'm only joking, I'm only joking. Oh, mate, no. so they got it all back together. And, and uh, But, mate, I was just, just winding the lads up. But we had a, we had a, a bad uh, joke, that is. I had, had a rain shower on one corner. And, Which is and, normal. And there, yeah, yeah. I, I crashed at the... Uh, can we call it that? That loop, that um, that's that shitty slow air pinch chicane thing. You can't, oh, can't, can't after the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, no big deal. I rode it. I finished the session and yeah. then rode it back. But yeah, me uh, me wind up. That was my story at Suzuka. But I think when we brought it home, we had the crash. But we brought it home ninth, I think. Ninth, yeah. ninth place, which is a good result. Yeah, there, great result. Yeah. Favorite part of the track? Oh dear. Spoon, my favourite was one thirty. Oh, no, spoon curve. Spoon curve is the yeah. one where it goes down. Yeah, that's mine yeah, actually. Curve. Yeah, because you go in there, you break, you come off the brake and just throw it in, and the, with the negative, the track comes positive. It's not, it's it's not just so Suzuka, nice. Suzuka, Le Mans, and Spa. They're all the same. They've all got. It can you can be the only person there. Can be completely empty. It's got a mega atmosphere. Just yeah, for just what goes on there, because obviously the track, it's 24 hours yeah. and so on. It's just incredible. All three of those circuits. From turn one. Spa is like, obviously, you've got yeah. hotel complex, you've got shopping complex, yeah. you've got a fairground, you've got flipping. Obviously, the track's awesome. And you've got so many enthusiastic people, polite, enthusiastic people. is incredible. And when, when we was there, it was probably a year before or a year, 18 months before Moto2 even came on the grid and there was bikes in the paddock being shown off. Do you know what? It's just like it's they're so mad. far in front of anything or anybody. It's, yeah. Yeah, they, it's love their, um, they love their they love their coloured, funky coloured exhaust, don't they? Like the factory However, you can't, you, you can't have an eye car or anything like that because you can't read the signs or you can't even... No, we got a bus, <laughs> I think. Yeah, generally <laughs> think we got a bus. The yeah. team organised it all and I think it was... What like, a right, place. Mate, the whole thing, on it? Like, I would go back there tomorrow and actual fact, I really want to go back and I keep saying, like, come on. We spoke about it, didn't we? Special. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's a special, special place. It's a special place. Um, what's been your hardest thing to overcome, mate, in your career? Was it would have been the broken bones or like the adversities? That's something that's um, always no, a good I think, question. I like to. I think it was digging deep because I went through uh, a lot of injuries. I was talking about earlier superbikes, and you didn't have the social media shit to deal with back then, did no, you? Nothing like all the negative comments and bullshit that people no, are at now. I mean, I don't take that much notice of it now because no. the, the, the the avenues I'm in, there's there, there can be negativity. Mm. Uh, there's some negativity in the northwest. Always last negativity. Week, you know what I mean? There well, will be. Like, yeah. Listen, it's just keyboard warriors so who cares you know you have to, you have, to have that mindset there's 99 percent good and then that one percent is yep. shit and you, you just have to do you, you use social media for yeah. your own benefit yeah. simple as you know for advertising where you're going to be what you're doing maybe to find something out or bits and bobs but that's it you know and and it absorbs too much of your life i've got too much going on to be taking photographs and posting stuff when i want to have a good time yeah you know but anyway what was the question the question was What's been your toughest thing to oh, overcome? Oh, thing, yeah, sorry. Um, oh, I forgot then. I, I, like... I, I kind of come through my career and all, <coughs> all blazing uh, on the superbikes as well and then got through to 2002, won, won some superbike races with Virgin Yamaha and stuff, and then uh, 03. But then 2004, we had the new R1 Yamaha with new TTX, TTX Olin suspension, um, and it was flipping not terrible, but it was kind of a development year, and I smashed myself to pieces and I crashed on... Some coolant, not coolant, some water that come out of a guy called Craig Cox's bike at Holland Park, smashed my wrist quite badly. Um, lost, had some nerve damage, and I couldn't lift, um, uh, uh, damaged my rotator cuffs, so I couldn't even lift my arm up. So I was really, and I was riding too injured and really struggling. So I, basically, I got forgotten very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and then got involved with one or two crap teams. Um, which didn't do me any good, really. Um, Out of desperation, isn't it? Like, of course like, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you want to yeah. be on the grid. Um, but I had a massive task to rebuild my career then, on a, especially on a superbike as well. That's everything from World Endurance to the roads and, and British Championship. But I managed to do it. I, I got involved with Alistair Flanagan of AIM Racing and kind of uh, managed the team as well as raced in it. It's me, me and Guy Martin one year. Hutchie was involved. Hutchie was a teammate as well. Uh, rebuilt everything and got back on the pace, got winning races at Macau Northwest yeah. and so on, and British Championship on the Supersport. And um, so kind of that was probably the toughest, toughest part of my career, really. I mean, obviously I've had some down times. I've broken most bones in my body more than once. Um, but you don't worry about that. No, but I don't think anybody does. That's not me being smart. No. I think you kind of, it's just, it, that's the... It's no the occupational hazard, it's, it's isn't no it? It's to women. You remember, yeah. you remember the good times, not the bad times. Yeah, and that's the occupational hazard, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it is, it is like that with women. Because, yeah. like, well, let's say, like, with the pregnancy thing, I've got a really good story about that because Steph literally gave birth to Maya. Worst thing I could ever imagine her going through pain-wise. Obviously, was beautiful there? thing. I was there. Beautiful thing. You're, and, you're uh, a better man than me. Yeah, well, that's actually, I'll tell you a funny story about that as well. But um, yeah, like, obviously, it's an amazing thing. And then I think, oh, mate, I can't believe she's got through that. And then, like, a few days out, oh, I can't wait to have another one. I'm like, so the next one, Brody was born. I'm sat there, the midwife's doing what she's doing. I'm taking pictures. She said, You're all right. And I said, I'm taking pictures so that I can show her when she talks to me about a third child how much pain she was in. This is going to be me remembering. <laughs> and she's remembering because you don't remember. But that, yeah, I was there for both my kids. But it was funny because. I got a book. Well, I read a book. I'm going to be a dad. Need to read a book. Yeah, I need to brush up on my, on being a father. I've never done it before. So, first question: 
Ask your dad, was he ever at any of the scans? So I was like, Dad, was you ever at any of the scans? Nope. Was with dad? And it literally, mate, it's worth one. It's just times have changed so much now. Like, but yeah, you probably, where was you? You used racing, definitely. Uh, I was well, lucky. Mine were both at Brands Hatch. I was uh, at Brands Hatch both weekends. Well, my first daughter, Jasmine, she was April girl, so I was at Le Mans 24 hour. So I said, I'm, well, I'm going to race. I'm contracted. I've yeah. got, got to go and race anyway. Mate, your, con- your team ain't going to say to you, look, sorry, mate, you have a I would have anyway, but yeah. I not contracted. But anyway, so I went, and uh, my wife speaks French. So I gave Christian Bourgeois, ex-Grand Prix rider, who's a team boss for years, lovely, lovely fella. He, uh, I gave him a phone. I said, hey, the wife speaks French. If she rings, uh, I told him the situation. She's in hospital, did it, and if she did it, and, and that's it. Okay. So we've gone through the whole week and got through to... Uh, Thursday for qualifying and I was just the bike was in pit lane just putting my leg over the bike to go and do my qualifying lap the Super Bowl lap and uh, he pulled me off the bike and gave me the phone and she says oh yeah da, 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 da. Um, little girl blah 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 everything's cool I say okay well done thanks Put, give him the phone back got on the that's bike mad, yeah. and yeah. Uh, qualified for yeah that's what I that. literally yeah. Yeah, I drove there yeah. Brody May was born at 8.30 in the morning I was on track at 10.40 at Brands so I'm, I'm Essex so it was only like yeah. 40 minutes so I did that and then Brody was born at about half eight, nine o'clock at night on the Thursday. And I drove to Brands that night about midnight, woke up. Obviously, I was on the bike then Friday and he had to stay in hospital for a week. So I was going up back and forth to the hospital over the race weekend. Oh, it's a nightmare. She but was yeah. all right. She was all right. She got yeah. my mates, Mrs. You know, with her and stuff. To help, yeah. So kind of just to help out. And there was no real problems. But uh, well, not nothing too drastic no. anyway. But then every year after that, it was the same weekend. So I missed the birthdays for the first few years because yeah. I was at Le Mans 24 hour. Yeah, yeah mad, yeah. But that's like the thing, like to be like to do what you've done is is sacrifice, and people don't see that. Oh, selfish, yeah, he's got it's well, selfish, but you yeah, got he's got a well, nice well. life, he's got work. Yeah. But mate, you have to miss certain things, Mass- and massively, yeah. yeah, and it's hard, isn't it? Because if you like to have that balance, it's it's bloody yeah. hard, isn't it? Yeah. Right, we're getting into buckets it, bonanza in but now. It, but it beats laying bricks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, them hands, mate. They're too soft. Look at them. I'll give it oh. back now. They are soft. They look soft. <laughs> that um, right, buckets bonanza. We're going to play some music over that now, don't I? We're going to test your knowledge here, yeah, with some oh, questions that God I've put together. Almighty. And I've actually got five answers to five questions because sometimes I forget to put the answer in it. So it's proper shit with me to do that. <laughs> do you um, do this every podcast? Yeah. Right. I'm going to counter you on that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Go All on. Right. So give me your five. All right. Who runs... I'm, I'm worried now. I don't, know if I don't want to give you a... <laughs> Who runs number 18 in the British Superbike Championship? Andrew Irwin. Ah, that's easy. I can easy. Get in there. How many wins did Phil Reid have at the Isle of Man TT? Oh, Reedy. Put yourself a specialist. Nine. Eight. Oh. Which <clears throat> British motorcycle racer right. won the Donington Grand Prix in 2008? Say that again. Which British motorcycle racer won the Donington Grand Prix in 2008? Do you want me to give you a, a, a hint of what CC it was? It was one two five. It was one two five, yeah. and and, yeah. and I'm just about to say, but uh, oh, what's his name? Is here? No, it used to be here. No, not Danny Kent. Oh, it's not Kenny. I was thinking no. Kenny. I don't know then. Scott Redding. Oh, Scott. Yeah. There you go. He's got him, hasn't he? How many BSB wins has Leon Haslam got? We're getting harder now, aren't we? Oh. <laughs> Started off nice. I'm guessing. And easy. I'm guessing. <coughs> Twenty four. Forty six. Get it's in, quite mate. a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of wins. Yeah, I yeah, looked at the other stats of everyone, yeah. I think Shaky, Shaky was the highest. Shaky's got Levia the most. was up there. Yeah. Um, how many bricks in a square metre of a half brick wall? Say that again. <laughs> it sounds like a, uh, a tongue twister. How many bricks in a square metre of a half brick wall? Oh, 
Seagull. Come on, you're supposed to be a bloody bricklayer. <laughs> While you're thinking of that, I actually Googled Five. bricklayer quiz questions. Tick-tock, tick-tock. 60. 60. Boom! That's good. Ooh, yeah. That's good. Because then it said, obviously, if you've got a full brick... A full brick wall, it's 120. Yeah. That's quite funny, isn't it? I actually thought that was a good question. Right, come on then, counteract me. Right. If it's anything to do with the Isle of Man, I ain't got a Scooby Doo. Right, no, listen. So oh, I hate quizzes. I don't that's why I put it in so mind. Right, this, this is Plater's quiz, right? Plater's quiz. <laughs> Taking over. Plater's paradise. So <laughs> right, now I'm gonna give you a chance, because I've got about 35 questions here. Oh shit. Right? But not all of them about motorbikes. Alright, cool. Just give right. me some throw some random so, ones at me. I'm not a very knowledgeable. Right, five guy. questions. So give me a number between one and thirty-five. 12. Oh, who won Honda's 100th Isle of Man TT win? John McGuinness. No. Is it Ian Hutchinson? Nope. Oh, fuck. Don't know. Road from my old team. Doesn't help. Still <laughs> fight you. Don't know. Still... Jim Moody. Jim Moody, the 100th. Yeah, I thought it was someone late in that. Jim yeah. Moody. Right, another number. Go on. Uh, 31. Go to the bottom. Make you scroll. Oh, you might be Make you work for it. Oh, first ever World Superbike winner. It wouldn't be Agostini, would it? Nope. Oh, fucking hell. No idea. I'll give you a clue. It Go was on. here in 1988. Wayne Rainey? Kevin World Superbikes. Rick Doohan? Tardotsi. Fuck, Tardotsi. Tardotsi. I wouldn't even know if any of them raced at World Superbike right. either, which they obviously Cute didn't. <laughs> right, another right, number. Eight, eight, we're going back up to Umbrate. As I say, Northern Ireland. Yeah. Right, Kevin Swanson's last GP win. Where and when? Are you picking all the right questions? I do think it's in America again, but I don't... I don't Kevin Swanson's last Grand Prix win. I'm going to just say America, just to be loose off the goose. 1994. Yeah, I don't know where. Here. Was it here? Shit. What right, did he get injured in America? He got... Uh... Can't remember. Can't, no, he got injured everywhere. This is, this is all history for me. Right, last... Right, let's go 22. Oh, 22. This is question four, I think, by the way. Oh, this, is, this isn't racing, right? Go on. Oh, God, here you we go. You won't know this. What year was the first video VCR player? Well, my dad was born in 1958. <laughs> My nan was born in 1927. You know, no, I'm joking. You boys know. <laughs> I'm going to go with. I'm going to pick a random just uh, 68. Well, not far out. 72. Oh, okay, yeah. <clears throat> Phillips N1500. I think I've got one more question. I think that was four. All right, give me number then. We'll go four. <laughs> go number four. That's got to be a motorbike question. It has to be. Oh, I can't oh. get them right anyway. Joey Dunlop. What was his first ever race bike? I know, I know, I know. It was a funny make, and I've got an one. old make. I've got I know one. it's a funny make. I've got one. It's a one two five, weren't it? But it was a real. It's a funny make. Oh shit, you know. I think you've seen it. Not I've print. It's not print. It was a random make, isn't it? What's the? What is it? Go on. Tell me what it is. Tiger Cub Triumph. One two five. It'll be. I think it was a one seven. A tiger cub. I thought. One, what was the old Mike one two five make? Random. Yeah, one seven five old. I don't know. No, it's I don't random. One two five, one seven. They made both. Yeah, that's I'm mad. Not sure which. Well, I've done shit then. You've you done better than me. Failed. Right. Well, mate, thanks for coming on. 
pushing the limit. Obviously, we're pushing the limits. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been uh, it's been emotional to say the least. Obviously, keep I've up, learned a little bit good, about you. Keep up the good work, Dunnington Park. Hopefully, I don't get sacked this weekend. I'll try and fluke another round. Now I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, getting back on the bike again after a crash. Been a few weeks off. Your teammates on it on the stocker. Exactly. You got, you got no excuses. Northwest was good. Easy it anyway, Superstock. Won that he, twice. He was on it, mate. He was on it. <laughs> won that championship twice. Just tell everyone. I won that, that twice. That record. Anyone's listening? That record. No, it's good though. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, I've got a few new parts to try. Get back into it. and um, Season's starting for you. No, no. I'm just, I just it. feel like I haven't got... I just can't wait to get going. People are saying to me, you're looking forward to Donington. I'm like, I've got so many question marks. I just want to get a solid weekend and we can then go to the test at Knock It and just build, build, build. So, buzzing. But um, yeah, enough of that. Thanks for listening. Tune into all the socials. Yeah, my mate waffle some shit. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Adios. Adios. Mate, it was so, it was so fucking hot without that door open, weren't it? <laughs> boom, boom. Danny, it's back. What a ride this is, and it is on.